Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. We're back. Uh, one of us is married, the other had COVID, and uh, we're ready for training camp. And uh, yeah, we're back. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well, as you mentioned. Officially hey, married. Give the people what, what they want. Let's let's talk honeymoon. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, we just got back from Hawaii about a week ago, and it's a good time. It was a good place. I recommend it if you have the time and money. Um, were, were you in one place the whole time or did you hop around? We did two islands. So we started off in uh, Oahu, uh, which is the big island. And we stayed in uh, Waikiki, which is kind of their um, the downtown portion of Honolulu. So it's a mix of like uh, urban uh, retail kind of like a more city space it's probably the most city you'll ever see in any of the islands so we obviously like that there's a lot of restaurants and shops and you're also like right there on um, the beach and funny enough I uh, I kept on saying this feels so much like LA even though I've never been to LA I was like this just yeah. feels like LA like you know you're right there on the beach 40 yards that way there's just like um you know, busy, busy road packed with cars and people. So you can tell me if I'm right on that. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the PCH in Malibu, like you're, you take the PCH, there's a bunch of beaches to the left and then to the right is either the town or just a bunch of cliffs. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty, uh, uh, I, I, my guess is like, it's more like Malibu or that area. Um, but I, I've never been to Hawaii nice uh i'd say the most pod related element of our time in oahu we were going up um a very tall mountain and i saw an eagle i was on the way up a guy in an eagles i want to say it was an eagles hat coming on the way down gave him a go birds he gave me a hell yeah so you know eagles fans everywhere all the time um so yeah, we spent a few days there in Oahu, very nice again. And then we went to Maui um, for a few more days and it was awesome. I, I can't recommend it enough. All right, life, life changing. I'd say so. All right, um, so training camp uh, has arrived uh, this week. I, a couple of teams like the Raiders reported last week um, I think that was like a, I saw a report that some some teams require like the younger guys to report like a week early or something like that. And the Eagles haven't done that. Uh, they're like one of 10 teams or something that haven't haven't done that. Um, something like that. But anyways, so no rookie hazing. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's uh, it's go, egalitarian. Man. Yeah, we, we like to see that. So uh, training camp. Uh, Week, I guess, begins. First practice is Wednesday morning. A uh, few news and notes before we kind of get into the camp stuff and predictions and position groups and all that. And some uh, of these are old bits of news, but we got to yeah. talk about them. I mean, it's been a while. You were an unmarried man the last time we... Uh, last time uh, we recorded, recorded was in June, right? Yeah, probably. We, we took a, a nice July. hiatus. I mean, it's not a ton of news. Um, the Eagles officially signed their uh, second round pick, Cam Jurgens or Jurgens. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Jurgens. I don't hear many people saying Jurgens. 
All right. Well, maybe uh, for a fact, uh, we'll say Jurgens. Um, so yeah, he was the last member of the rookie class to sign. Uh, Jason Kelsey, heir apparent. We'll see if he sees any action this year. Doubtful, um, but he is now officially an Eagle. Uh, former Eagle defensive tackle Bo Allen, Super Bowl champion Bo Allen, retired. Uh, sent out a tweet that he uh, will officially no longer be accepting money to play football. Um, one of the professionally. more professionally, uh, one of the more creative uh, retirement announcements, if you ask me. Uh, he was a seventh round pick in the Eagles 2014 draft. Um, you know, he solid, solid player. Um, I thank yeah, you for no, your service. Yeah, exactly. That's good, all good draft picked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Enjoy your retirement, pal. Yeah. He went to, uh, didn't he win one in Tampa also? Or he went uh, to Tampa sure. and then he went to New England, I believe. Um, I think that's not the, sure, but maybe I know he won one with the Eagles. That's yep. all I know. All right. Well, that's all sure. that matters. Um, tight end Tyree Jackson and, uh, Lineman Brett Toth, Toth. I think it's Toth. Uh, <laughs> we're just trying out all the pronunciations. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, we're a little rusty here. We're getting back in the groove. Uh, they're they're they will begin training camp on the pup list. That's uh, physically unable to perform. For all those uh, who don't know that, um, both players tore their ACLs in Week 18. Not surprising one bit. Um, and we. We bid adieu to an Eagle great. Uh, Eagles release cornerback Craig James. Uh, I think his Eagle highlight was at Lambeau Thursday night football. He picked off Aaron Rodgers in the end zone. What was it? Something like that. He deflected the ball, right? And then. Or he deflected it. Because who caught that? Do you remember? No, I, I just, I remember I yeah, was. I don't be guessing, but I, like, was it TJ Edwards? Yeah. Or Someone caught it. Yeah, he had a deflection. Uh, if he was you're also listening, one-time Eagles special teams captain. So right, uh, a bit Big of blow fall from grace here. But he was a um, was he an undrafted free agent or I know he was picked up. Wasn't he? He was a former Viking, I believe. We'll have to get uh, our buddy <laughs> uh, well, John anyway, Fahey the third he's, on he's the now again a free agent. And, yeah, uh, so now he's a free agent. Uh, if if uh, you're screaming into your listening devices right now on who deflected and who caught that interception, uh, please tweet us at uh, Chirpin Birds Pod. I hope that's what it is. I don't. Yeah, we we don't plug the Twitter enough, honestly. Yeah, um, good, but good, yeah, good note for the upcoming season. Yeah, yeah. Make sure to follow us before uh, week one. Or honestly, by preseason, probably. Um, bit of, uh, I don't know. I was kind of underwhelmed by this. The Eagles revealed their new black alternate helmets. It's the same helmet, but instead of green, it's black. Uh, I think I'll reserve my judgment till I see it with the full uniform. But uh, I, I would assume that you know, they'll definitely wear it with the all black, the blackout, whatever uh, uniform. But I, I would assume that they might wear it with the white jerseys, black pants that they uh, debuted last season. Um, so 
you know, if you're really into uniforms and stuff, that's something to watch out for if they wear it with different jersey combinations or, you know, just the green one. But no, I mean, no, it the, is a, the black it is a, one. It is a shiny black. You're, you're, that's your preference over a matte black, right? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably would be my preference. I, I, I think, think it looks nice. I mean, it's, it's simple. I, yeah. I think, it's know, not like a big change. It's just yeah. black. I don't know. I thought like a lot of like, of course, a lot of these helmets came out the same time. Um, and it does follow the, the NFL. I like the Bengals, the white, the white tiger thing. Dude, those got the most fanfare. And I think it was like maybe a bit too much. The, the Texans one, them, I think the Texans one was just red. I mean, it's what, what we did, but we t- turned it black there. Theirs was normally like blue, like a dark yeah. blue. I don't know. I thought it was decent. It's not something that I even pay attention to too much, if I'm being honest. But I, I you have I the like stronger the, opinion on it. I feel like I'm indifferent, and you're like I don't stronger pay attention. opinion. I think it's just maybe a bit more positive. But yeah, sure. Generally, I, I do like the NFL. Um, you know, expanding the allowance to the second helmet. Um, you know, next year that will allow for the Kelly green uniforms and helmet, uh, which means, I don't know if this is official, but like just, uh, deducing here, like that means the all black helmet, unless they expand it to three helmets, which I doubt they would do after, um, allowing teams only have one for quite a while, like this will just be a one year thing. So, um, it'll be this and then the Kelly green. So. Yeah, I mean, that's another point, because if that's true, it seems like a waste. Or, what do you mean? I don't, it just seems unnecessary. Like, if, if, if they can only have two helmets in the rotation, then why? I think it, I, I'm not sure if this was their strategy, but I think it is kind of like a bit of a, a little token to the fans, like, all right, you get Kelly Green next year, this will hold you over. Yeah, like this is kind know. of the little uh this and the word mark were our little treats yeah the word mark that was a that was a big treat <laughs> um moving on I, uh Derek gunn reports that the eagles are quote not very comfortable right now with jalen hurts as their starting quarterback um how much credence did you give that report not too much mostly because like I think if you've been paying attention, you arrive at that. Like, we know that the Eagles were very interested in trading for a star quarterback this star quarterback this season, both Russell Wilson, which I don't think was the secret, and Deshaun Watson, which I think was a bit more of a public secret. Like, I don't think – I think they probably would have admitted Wilson a bit more quick than Watson for obvious reasons. But – you know, yeah, I mean, I would be a bit concerned if they were like lovey-dovey with Hertz, but it does seem like we should add the context that this was information that uh, was conveyed to Derek on 
at the very beginning of organized team activities in late May. So that's pretty much like at the very beginning of the off season. So he does still have time to, uh, you know, hone his craft and he has this upcoming season at the very minimum to kind of prove himself and take a leap to win that trust. And I'm not saying that that's a likely outcome, but I, I still think that is a possible outcome. And this information, you know, Derek Gunn obviously has really good sources. So, I mean, it, for me, it's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, that adds up. I'm not, it, it seems like if you didn't know who Derek Gunn was, like it's a piece or it's like a, a sound bite that would rile the fans up. But I think if you're a fan that's paying attention, you'd be like, yeah, okay. That, I mean, that tracks like everybody has been following the games and you know, the, his progress to date, like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, like, um, uh, AJ Brown tweeted after like, a a conflicting report, uh, you know, like there was a 10 play, Mm -hmm. um, series where like, Jalen threw three interceptions, missed a couple throws, this and that. And then AJ Brown tweeted like, oh, he had like four touchdowns to me and this and that. Uh, I I remember from last year early on, like even though Jalen Hurts played with Devontae Smith in college, like there was still some chemistry uh, timing stuff to, to work out. So even though he and AJ Brown are buddies, like there's still stuff to to work out and um you know that like you said that was early in uh the off season so i i i you know i i don't think that they're gonna invest in jalen hurts based on his performance last year um if if he has the same uh type season and doesn't improve i i think that there's a good chance that you know, they'll try to draft someone or, or trade for someone if, if some things shift around. But um, yeah. I think I think for now, a lot of the national consensus on Jalen Hurts is feels like the is worse than I, I think he is like, I think he is solid and not like not quite like Kirk Cousins solid, but um, I think if he has a repeat season of last year and improves slightly, like he he could be in that sort of tier two of uh, quarterbacks that have long careers on like average teams. Um, the the Eagles roster right now is pretty uh, strong. Like I think if the quarterback was not a question mark, then, then the Eagles would be a Super Bowl contending type roster right now. So, um, you know, a yeah, lot rests on, on Jalen hurts and, uh, you know, that's something we're going to, we're going to watch, but it, I, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. Like there's been quarterback rankings out. There's been all these quotes on, on Jalen and obviously this report. And it, it just feels like, you know, obviously we watch the games and we're fans of the team and we watch him more than we watch uh, other quarterbacks that are, you know, in that middle tier area. 
but uh, I don't know. It just, it, it feels to me that he's better than how he's being like talked about right now, especially in the national uh, spotlight. Um, I'm, I, I don't, I don't know that, you know, he's going to deserve a big contract after this year. Or he's going to be the quarterback of the future, but I, I do think that he is solid enough to, you know, win a playoff game or two, if the rest of the team is really, really good. And, and, you know, I, I don't know how I, I get, I, I view him in the, in the tier of like, you don't win because of him, but you don't, he's not going to lose the game either. Like a Matt Ryan and, and the later part of his career, like that, that kind of thing. Well, I, I think this let's pivot because this just came out today. Mike Sanders, NFL quarterback tiers. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at this yet, but um, it came out today still a list of quarterbacks but he does try to group them into um similarly talented tiers and jalen hurts was the 20th uh, rated quarterback overall and that landed him in the third tier of quarterbacks and for context uh mike sanders has been making this uh article and uh report for quite a few years now and i believe he he sources um, plenty of league executives from GMs to head coaches to coordinators, and it's a really good numbers, really good number. I want to say it's somewhere like, you know, it's not a small group. It's something like 40 to 60, somewhere in that ballpark. So it is a wide swath of league. So you do get a really good sense of at least the, in, you know, the people inside the league, how they value quarterbacks, which I find very insightful and it tends to line up generally with I feel like with the educated group of like the you know NFL fans like the public perception is not that far off from uh, the inside the NFL perception at least to um, to, to my eyes. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole article, but as far as like the neighbors to Hertz, I'll, I'll go three quarterbacks uh, in front and behind of Hertz. Uh, so as I mentioned, Hertz is uh, the 20th rated in the third tier. The three quarterbacks in front of him, so rated better. Number 17, Ryan Tannenhill. Number 18, Mac Jones. Number 19, Baker Mayfield, who we should mention is now a Panther, which is... He's competing with uh, Sam Darnold. Right. And now a member of Matt Rule's team. Um, and even though I thought that was a really good trade for the Panthers and the, the Browns continue to just like step on the rake this off season. Like I know that they're, I don't know if you could say they were painted into a, like they painted themselves into a really bad position with, you know, the awful contract for Deshaun Watson. Um, and we, we should mention that. I, I want to say all of his, uh, cases or complaints have been settled outside of court yeah. at least to my knowledge you know that's not saying that other complaints or cases won't arise but for the time being what we publicly know is there's no like lingering publicly known cases and short of the nfl wrapping up their 
investigation, which should happen before the league starts, and then issuing a suspension, which many people suspect will be a year-long suspension, which I think is likely. I don't know if there's been any solid reporting on that, but that's you know the likely outcome in my mind. He he at least will get. And I would like minimum would be four to six weeks, four to six weeks, which which I think would be very light and would set a really bad precedent. Anyway, um, that whole thing with Baker Mayfield and them, would they trade him or what did the Panthers give up? It was like a fourth or a third. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, that's a really good deal for the Panthers. Um, anyway, yeah, he was number 19 just ahead of Hertz. And then, funny enough, Hertz has fate would have it was actually tied for 20th he and none other and then Carson Wentz had the same raw score so those two were both ranked 20th and then 22nd was Goff 23rd was Lawrence I think that's a weird score for Lawrence but they're grading off of uh, the only professional data they have on him so that's kind of the neighborhood he's in looking at that group of players or is there anything like does that feel right to you I know 20 feels kind of low, but I want to say last time we talked about NFL quarterbacks in the list, like he was in that neighborhood. And right now, I think the quarterback group is very talented, is very deep. He feels like he should be a 15, but honestly, like I look at that list and there weren't too many problems that I had with it. How about you? Yeah, I think um, Tannehill only being a couple spots ahead of him. I mean, that's a, you know, AFC number one seed quarterback. So um, that, that kind of goes to show that if the team's really strong, that a quarterback in this tier can, can take a team pretty far. Like obviously they ended up losing to um, Burrow. Um, but I mean, he's a, you know, in the later rounds of the playoffs, it comes down to, you know, the better quarterback. So I think as, as far as the Eagles chances of having a successful season and however you define it, I, I would define it by winning a playoff game. Um, you know, I think that being ranked 20 is, you know, you know, I think he could have well have been 18. Um, I didn't, I didn't see the the whole list, but there's, you know, 12 that are locks ahead of him for sure. So I think, yeah, I, I don't really expect him to be higher than like 13, 14. So this is probably like the lowest I would have him. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think like around 17 or 18 would, would, would uh, off the top of my head feel pretty right and uh, I think Tannehill being that low is just proof that he could still take this team far in the playoffs and I think that that's exciting um it does put them in a tough spot like if they do win a playoff game or even two then what do you do with you know uh these uh quarterbacks coming in next draft and you have two first round picks right I'll give you the three. Um, I'll give you, yeah, 16, 15, and 14. 16, Jimmy Garoppolo, who 
who has gone to a Super Bowl and an NFC Championship game. Yeah, and seems to be the odd man out right now as far as like starting quarterback jobs. If you're, um, if you're correctly assuming that Trey Lance will get the starting job this season with the 49ers, but he is he's recovering from uh, from an injury slash surgery, so that situation is like a bit of an odd one. He he could not to get too deep on Jimmy Garoppolo right now, but I thought it was interesting. His situation is one that like you drafted Trey Lance so early in last year's draft. So you've already committed that draft capital to him. Jimmy Garoppolo is taking you far in the playoffs. He's injured right now. He kind of made that commitment to, to Trey Lance last season. You could trade Jimmy Garoppolo. He's injured. There's not many teams who would be willing to trade for a quarterback so you don't have that um there's no there's not going to be a bidding war for him baker mayfield further takes another team out of that potential bidding war um he has a trade kicker that would bump up his salary i feel like i want to say it's in the neighborhood of 25 million so he's not cheap and the 49ers if they cut him save a lot of money but they would be just outright cutting him. So I, th- I think it's a pretty interesting situation there. I'll be curious to see how that gets resolved because I don't think there's an easy solution. Like I feel like the the most likely outcome is the 49ers just cutting their losses, getting back money and Garoppolo signing with the team somewhere, you know, that he prefers to sign rather than getting traded to place he doesn't have control even though i don't think they do him dirty since he's been a 49er for a bit but anyway yeah Garoppolo 16 cousins 15 and i was surprised by this it felt pretty generous matt ryan at 14 yeah yeah i mean i can uh, i what how, how is this based like what goes into the ranking is that past performance I think it's a lot of it's like um or outlook because I, I can see Matt Ryan being higher now that he's in in uh Indianapolis um I think it's like on like confidence of putting together a winning team this year because okay. like Tom Brady is number three overall I don't think it's like forward looking too much and like Aaron Rodgers is you know number one so like obviously age isn't a big component of it it's kind of just like talent this year I feel like if he wanted to go to the Super Bowl or put together a playoff team, yeah, how good would you feel about your so, quarterback? So yeah, so he's he's a you know a good five six spots behind the type of quarterback that I kind of project him as being um, at the at the very least for for his career. I mean, as long as he can use his legs, I think that he'll um, be valuable. Um, I don't think his arm is good enough, uh, from what we've seen, but, um, you know, that his arm talent as it is now combined with his ability to run and that kind of thing, uh, makes him a a valuable, you know, weapon at, at quarterback. So Mm -hmm. I, I think 20 is kind of like the safe realistic ranking for him i would probably have him up around like 17 probably um 
17, 18. I mean, I think Mac Jones, you know, played well. He got outplayed in the playoffs, just like Jalen Hurts did. Um, and he has a higher pedigree, obviously. But I mean, they're both uh, just from where he was drafted, but they're both, um, you know, Alabama quarterbacks, former Alabama quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. uh, they both have that big game type experience. And Baker may feel that. I, I never know with him. Like, I feel like I, I think he's like similar to Jalen Hurts. Like, I feel like he's better than yeah, he's I talked like we've about. Gone, I agree. I feel like we've gone through. He feels like he's been in the league for 10 years. And like, he just swings wildly back and forth. At least like his public, his, his public approval is just like sharp up and down like there there's been no like slow ascent it's just been like he's great and it's like he's a flop and then it's like get him out of here yeah like build around baker so um just a few more quick nuggets on hurts because you know i don't think it's often we get an outside national perspective on him most of the stuff we hear on hurts is just kind of like do you believe in hurts or do you not believe in hurts is hurts good enough is he is he not um of all the quarterbacks in the group from last season. So this would obviously exclude any new quarterbacks like Lawrence, obviously. Um, He had the biggest jump from last season. So he jumped up 10 spots, which, you know, I think he really, I think the, the jump that he took last year in my mind is he proved that he's a long-term starting league, even if it's like a low end starter. Like I think, He'll at least be in the league for a while. Um, and I think where that was from was like, is he an NFL caliber starter? Because I think most people thought of him like kind of like a good backup. So I think he did take that leap. Um, in this um, article slash report slash project, I think proves that. And um, if you're curious who the second biggest jump was, that was Burrow with nine spots, obviously at a very different part of the spectrum. Um, and then there was a few just anonymous quotes here. One, I want to say it was a an anonymous offensive coach said that he was a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. So obviously he's not as fast as Lamar, um, but he has the physical traits he has that like um the makeup of a competitor and a guy that you want to have on your football team but at the end of the day he doesn't have the best arm talent so i mean it's kind of like a not a lazy comparison but i don't think it's super insightful but you know it does track and um yeah there was another anonymous head coach that was a bit more optimistic of a take which he he sees a bit more growth in you know Jalen as far as how his career could go which he thinks that he could take a leap to that next group of quarterbacks like you're saying and he thinks a big part of that is just like his you know like all of his you know his his mental makeup and his drive and his competitive uh fire and all those kind of like stuff that you wouldn't see in like the in the box score or whatever like in the stats like all he he does have like a really nice 
um, toolbox of like soft skills that are really important. Obviously, Nick Sirianni really values that type of stuff. Like all of the stuff isn't not to say that he's not physically talented, but when it comes to throwing and you know the the finer quarterback traits, even though he doesn't have that, I think he does get kind of um, a nice multiplier in all of those other good traits. And this coach sees that. Yeah, that's. I I, I think that there's like a consensus with his mental the mental side of his game and him as a person and personality and like, you know, as a leader and all that stuff. And the, the biggest question is, um, his, his arm, his decision-making processing speed and, uh, you know, ability he, to run. He really is like the anti Wentz. Yeah. Like Wentz had the arm power, the arm talent, like, you know, great. And that's, area of um could run could run and then on the other hand jalen has all of this like he's got like the brain side of it so would make for a good quarterback room yeah i mean you you, we don't we don't have to keep doing this uh but i i will (laughs) briefly but, you know, you go back last year and you see the drop passes against the Giants, like he did have a no-show against the Giants. But the, there were moments where uh, he, was, he, you know, put the team in a position to win and uh, they, they didn't. But, yeah. uh, you know, I wouldn't blame him for a couple, you know, there were a couple bad games. Um, uh, a couple you know like the the playoff game he looked overmatched the dallas game he looked overmatched the giants game he didn't show up um but there there were uh passes that he made that were dropped and um you know there's there's uh, uh you know they didn't run the ball the first few weeks uh before they established their identity there there were elements of uh, the season where he put them in positions to win and that's what you need your quarterback to do. And, uh, you know, it's, he's, he can't catch the ball also. So there, there is, I, I think those, you know, if, a if a pass was caught here or there, you know, there, there were elements uh, that Dallas got her drop. I mean, he had a few bad drops last season. Um, there, there were a few plays that, you know, you're in field goal range, you score a touchdown, the game, you know, if they ended up with 11 wins last year, uh, I feel like the conversation would be a lot different. Um, Obviously there were games that could have lost and, you know, you could, you could do it in, in either direction, uh, you know, until the week one. But I, I just think that there was a lot of, uh, unactualized potential last season with, with him, even though he did take a step forward and kind of ran with the, uh, the role that, that he'd been given and improved over the season and all that stuff. So, um, uh, I guess all this Jalen talk, we can get into a uh, training camp and position groups, uh, yeah. the, the quarterbacks, uh, you know, presumed quarterbacks coming in, 
uh, Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew is one, two. I don't think there's any uh, question, you know, Gardner Minshew obviously played in a game or two last year, said he wanted to start this and that. Uh, he will not be the starting quarterback unless there's an injury or extremely poor play over a longer period of time with Hurts. Um, and then you have uh, Carson Strong, undrafted signing out of Nevada, I believe, mm-hmm. um, had crazy knee issues. Uh, yeah. so, th- so that's something. And uh, Reed Sinat, who's been their third string ever since they got rid of uh, Nate Studfeld. I am looking forward to Carson Strong playing, assuming that he will play, which I anticipate he will, in – um, the preseason games because I I don't even remember. To and be he's honest, he's someone he's, that has a, a big arm. Yeah, he's got he's got a cannon. So I think at the very least we'll have some interesting games where he's tossing tossing the ball to uh, Brandon Covey and Devin Allen. So I'll make for some more interesting games hopefully this preseason. Yeah. All right. Uh, Moving on, uh, we'll start with the offense uh, entirely. So you got Miles Sanders, um, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott, and uh, uh, Jason Huntley's back as well. Uh, Jordan Howard is not uh, is currently a free agent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you don't know if if he's coming back or not. But those are sort of the five rotation guys. I think my you know Miles Sanders in a contract year um needs to to perform he's had fumble issues ever dating back to penn state he had the stupid not running out of bounds or running out of not running out of no staying in bounds or <laughs> running out of bounds. i forget exactly but whichever one it was it was wrong um uh so you know he he definitely I think he has, ran out of bounds. We were we were hoping we were rooting for a milking clock. Right, right. Um, so he's he's someone that's uh, need is a, on a, in a prove it year. Um, I've seen a lot of social media like fantasy football people saying like he's the guy not to take. Um, I never take any eagle or you know as long as I've been playing fantasy football the last few years, the Eagles haven't really had that uh, Brian Westbrook type. Uh, running back one uh, they've had a lot of platoon sort of rotating situations so um, you know I don't think he's a good fantasy pick anyway we're not a fantasy football podcast or anything but um, he he's a big player to watch this year um, you know Kenny Gainwell had a had a good year last year he's he has some promise um, and then obviously Boston Scott's uh, been solid for, for them for a while. And um, yeah, I, 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 that, that seems to be like the rotation there. Um, do you have any running back thoughts? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Miles Sanders coming into his contract year, uh, obviously, you know, it's a big season for him, especially after not scoring a touchdown last year. Um, I'll be interested to see how big of a how big of a part Kenny Gainwell will have in the offense this year. It seemed like early on last season he was kind of, you know, he was seeing the ball early and often and then it kind of phased out throughout the season. Um I like what he offers as like a as a receiver out of the backfield. 
Miles Sanders too, but we haven't seen that in a few years. Um, so I'd like to see like, you know, if, if, you know, ideally both, but at least one of them being a bit more of a dual threat running back. Cause I think that'll certainly help Jalen hurts and all that he can do, especially a dual threat in his own capacity as a passer and a thrower. Um, Jason Huntley, I know we barely saw what he had to offer last year, but I'm interested to see what, you know, he, he might be the best kick returner on the team. So, um, and that's something that they sorely need. I don't think we'll, we'll be seeing many. Well, snaps. we, we got to see this, uh, kick, kick return situation. We have a couple of track guys. I know, but, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with him. Cause we, we just haven't really seen much of him. Um, yeah, let's move on to the yeah. receivers. So, um, yeah, obviously the 1A, 1B with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. Uh, Quez Watkins looks to be the uh, third third guy there, uh, with Zach Pascal being the fourth. I um, should mention, congrats to Quez Watkins on his uh, Madden speed rating. Oh, yeah, he's like the... Yeah, he's like the third fastest yeah. guy in the game or something. Um, so the the camp battles to watch, you got Jalen Rager, obviously, Greg Ward, John Hightower, and uh Devin Allen's the the track star who uh you know, got disqualified recently for being too fast. Yeah. Well I don't know anything about track, but I thought the whole thing was weird because they basically disqualified him for having too good of a reaction time. Yeah, I don't know. Like I was looking into it and like he was like point oh one. There's like a window you need you need to delay or something. And yeah, like the, the human reaction, he was yeah. just too quick. And that's the reason I was like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah. Sounds like it was an accident, like he was gonna jump too early, but he just happened to have timed it perfect. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, he could be a special teams guy. There's a lot of receivers um, that are going to be in camp. Um, Britton Covey's technically a receiver, but he he was the standout uh, return guy in mm-hmm. college. Um, so, you know, I, I think that Jalen Rager, you know, last year had a pretty good camp and then obviously didn't pan out during the season. So he could be that sort of uh on the on the bubble type guy especially if he performs well in in camp and in preseason but um i I don't have that prediction you know carrying over into the season but i i do think that he he's probably going to end up having a a good camp like i think he he performs well in practice and stuff like that yeah worth noting on him that if the Eagles do decide to move on from him, they face a bigger uh, cap hit for cutting him outright and finding a trade partner. So uh, if they come to the ultimate decision that they want to end their um, time with Rager here, they should trade him for whatever they can get just to save money. If it's interesting because it he, he definitely practices well, like Travis Fulgham had all those really good oh, games go. and, and then he had all these drops in practice and then they wouldn't 
they wouldn't play him. Uh, and like JJ Ortega Whiteside runs the wrong routes in practice and stuff like that. So like Jalen Rager clearly practices well because they use him so much uh, that, that he, he must practice well, but he doesn't perform well in the game. So, you know, well, I, I mean, training camp is the perfect uh, stage for him. It, it seems. Yeah. What, what doesn't help Rager and honestly what hurts him is since he was, you know, he came out of school and he was a first round pick and was thought to be a very good wide receiver. He doesn't play special teams and as a bottom of the roster slash bottom of the position group wide receiver, if you don't play special teams and you've, you haven't really proven yourself or you've, you've proven yourself to be a liability in the return game. What are you, what is your role on the 53 man? Cause you're not yeah. going to be seeing many snaps behind uh, Smith, Brown, Watkins, and Pascal. You're not going to be um, catching punts and you don't play special teams. So it's like, you're not going to send he's him not, out there as a He's gunner. not good at catching punts. What did I say? No, I'm just saying. He's, oh, okay. he, yeah, yeah. He, I wasn't sure. If, I wasn't sure. If he's I not playing special teams because he's like, you know, a first round pick. He's not playing special teams because he's, you know, the position that he plays bad at. Yeah. And exactly. Like you don't keep him on, you don't keep him as a rider, wide receiver for like the five snaps or like, you know, the 10 to 12 snaps a game he's going to play. Like you just, it's not really serving big enough role so i doesn't like i say that and then on the other hand he was a first round pick by howard roseman and what is it year three so it's like is it year three maybe it's year four it's, it's kind of hard to tell with him just because of how much uh exasperation we feel in regards to him but i'm just sure what the outcome will be but i don't think it would be unlikely that he doesn't He's not an eagle week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to tight ends, obviously of Dallas Goddard. Uh, and then you sort of have like a, a mishmash of uh, backup tight ends. Obviously last year, Zach Ertz went into the season on the yeah, roster. It's the first time in so many seasons that Zach Ertz will not be on the roster. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So uh, Dallas Goddard, obviously tight end one. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, the the I believe third round pick, um, six round. six six round, sorry, third round was Nicobe Dean, uh, <laughs> Jack Stoll, Tyree Jackson, who um, tore his ACL or whatever he injured Achilles, maybe I forget what it was um, last year. Richard Rogers, uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside, who's now transitioned to to tight end, and Noah Togiai. So. Um, I, you know, it's not a camp battle for who's going to start a tight end, but it, it will be interesting to see who who's going to get the, the spot behind Dallas Goddard and who's right. going to kind of slide in there as a blocker. Like, you know, Richard Rogers always seems to find his way on the field later in the season when right. they need a veteran <laughs> guy. Yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah, I'll, I think Calcaterra is an interesting guy to watch, uh, not just because he's a rookie, but, Last year, Jack Stoll was on the field not infrequently and rarely saw the ball come his way. So I don't think... I don't He's think a blocking he, specialist. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's completely true. It's just mm. in 12 personnel, it's like, how often are you going to be going to Jack Stoll? And you, you splice it up with A.J. Brown. It's like, how often is any second tight end going to be seeing many passes? Yeah, it's but, probably a, a area they don't value as much considering the other weapons they, they yeah. do have. Calcaterra definitely had more of a passing background coming out of college. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be interested to see if he can fight out uh, Stoll for more snaps this season. Yeah, and it is interesting, like, you had Brent Selleck and then Zach Ertz behind him and then Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard behind him. So you've always had these, like, tight end one, tight end two. two tandems for a while, and now you you don't really, but now you have a wide receiver core. They will once Tari Jackson's back. Yeah, of course. Um, moving on to the O-line, uh, you have uh, tackles, Jordan Mailata and Andre Dillard uh, on the left side, uh, Lane Johnson and LaRaven Clark on the right side. Um, not, yeah. not much, right. not much doing there. You know, I, I do think, I, I do think Jack Driscoll would be the backup for Lane Johnson, but yeah. Yeah. I think he played a lot of guard last year um driscoll yeah i think or he, he, he he has that flexibility i think yeah yeah he's a, a swing yeah he's a guard before tackle but i think they put him at tackle before Lorraine yeah when uh, when lane was out for a while i think it was driscoll that was on the right side but um, yeah and I'm, I'm hoping hoping uh driscoll can healthy because when he's out there like he he seems to be like a pretty yeah steady auburn guy. fourth round pick i believe uh Solid, solid pick, and uh, people don't people don't talk about Jack Driscoll enough. We're a Jack, Jack Driscoll uh, supporter. Twenty twenty three, my guy, Jack Driscoll. All right, I like it. Uh, then in the guard position, you have Landon Dickerson, Isaac Sayamalu, um, Landon's backup, Sua Peta, who sort of solidified that spot ahead of uh, Nate Herbig, who was released, um, and then Jack Driscoll is sort of listed as the Sam Malo backup. Uh, Sam Malo has been injured the last couple of years at different points. Um, you know, the, the depth is there. I mean, I, I think the LaRaven Clark is the weakest backup there, but uh, if you have Jack, Jack Driscoll, like, you know, if you have Lane Johnson and one of Lane Johnson and Isaac Sam then you, you'll have Driscoll to, back up both those guys for sure. Yeah. And then of course, center Jason Kelsey and Cam Jurgens. Um, you know, Cam Jurgens second round pick, like seems like a, he's going to be a solid player. Jason Kelsey loves them. And hopefully, you know, uh, Jason Kelsey stays healthy all year. So um, we won't see Cam Jurgens until uh, the retirement, um, whenever that may be, but um, you know, I think the O-line is, you know, the strong, one of the strongest groups. And, uh, you know, when you know the, the backup pretty well and they've played a significant amount of time, you're, you're feeling pretty good about, um, you know, the depth there. Yeah, and it's worth noting that Andre Dillard is similar to Minshew. He is in his contract and, and uh, Miles Sanders in his contract here. He is a backup. He's only a one side of the line tackle at left tackle. So like it's kind of one of those things where it's like if you see yourself being a competitive team who's making a playoff run this year, it's like, do you try to cash in 
now for a better draft pick than you would get as a comp pick, or you just hold on to him as insurance for um, an injury at left tackle, which, you know, he, he wouldn't even serve as insurance at right tackle based off of what happened previously. Just crazy to think that our, one of the biggest camp battle last year was Mylotta versus Dillard. And now Mylotta's got a big contract and it's not even close. Yeah, we're talking about like Dillard, like, what do you do for his last contract? Because you know yeah. he's not going to get re signed. <laughs> Um, so moving on to the defense, do you want to do defense or do you want to save defense for, uh, for the next one? Yeah, let's do defense. So All right. We'll, we'll fly through. All right. So, uh, you got, uh, on one edge, uh, Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett behind him, obviously Derek Barnett, uh, you know, didn't tested free agency, didn't sign anywhere, signed a very cheap contract to return to the Eagles. Uh, on the other side, you have Brandon Graham and Taron Jackson. Um, you know, that's a aging, uh, aging in uh, Brandon Graham uh, coming off of his injury. Um, you know, you you sign uh, uh, Hassan Reddick, who who is listed as the Sam linebacker um, to to help with the with the edge rush. Um, but you know, it's not it's not a much it's a stronger group from last year because you add Reddick. Um, and obviously Brandon Graham got hurt week week one. So it's it's a stronger group than last year, but um I, I don't think teams are um you know sh- shaking uh, uh seeing these edge this edge group. Um Josh Sweat, who is a solid player, hasn't um you know really emerged. Uh, I, I don't think his contract is like he's got to earn the contract, uh, but it's a solid contract and he should be a solid player. Um, obviously, he had his internal ep- episode last year and missed the playoff game, but um, we're, we're glad he's healthy and good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. I think Derek Barnett's probably like the the story there like how well is he going to play and and brandon graham's recovery so yeah um, i also yeah. kind of like uh teron jackson as a second year player just to watch i know like he probably doesn't have uh the highest expectations but second year player they could really use a guy to pop above expectation this year in the edge group so not to say that he's going to be a guy who's going to be taking some big leap but um there will be snaps there is no ryan kerrigan so they're not like at least right now they're not bringing in that outside veteran to plug a hole i do think that opens up a bit of an opportunity for him and i'll be interested to see what he can do with it yeah uh defensive tackle you have javon hargrave fletcher cox those are going to be your starters your uh, backups jordan davis and milton williams i mean that's it, up the middle is like yeah, that's probably, probably one of the best, best group the of four. Yeah, that that's a solid group. And then, uh, you know, Marlon Tui Pelotu out of USC uh, has had been a, a, a non-dressed. Uh, yeah, pretty player. much a red shirt uh, year. Yeah, so even though he was he was on the field occasionally early on, yeah. but did not have. There much were of a... there he played in like two or three games, but um, yeah. that that'll that's probably the most interesting like uh, cycle guy in there. No Hassan Ridgeway anymore. No, uh, I almost said Cooper Rush. Uh, I forget what the <laughs> what his name first name was, but 
no rush um anthony rush anthony rush uh yeah vernell wren i remember from last year um but you know that that's getting pretty into the defensive tackle depth there but uh i mean the the top two pairs are are gonna wreak havoc all all games so that's a that's a really solid group up the middle there um and then you add the the sam linebacker uh type position and hassan reddick um they they draft chiron johnson um you know who was a late round pick but uh seems athletic and sort of a uh you know hassan reddick type uh mm -hmm. light um so that you know that that'll be utilized i think better than uh, the Gennard Avery experiment the last couple of years. So right. um, that, that'll definitely be something to watch. And then you add a, a couple really good uh, guys at linebacker. They finally invest in that position, rangy guys, um, Kaiser White uh, and Davion Taylor sort of are the one, two of the sort of rangy um, uh, cover a lot of ground type uh, linebacker, and then you have Nicobe Dean and TJ Edwards, a sort of field field general leader type guys. Um, obviously, Sean Bradley, Temple product. He's more of a special teamer, but he, he sees the field every so often. Um, you know, the they linebacker got two group Temple looks linebackers. Through. I'm just now realizing that. How much time did Bradley and Reddick play together? They, oh, they overlapped, I, right? I don't. I don't think so. Oh no! No, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I think I think Reddick was uh, yeah around maybe. when we were there briefly, yeah, and yeah, then you're right. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, I think the linebacker group is a lot stronger. Like they're they're a lot stronger up the middle. Um, I yeah, think they that... improved. They've taken the leap into like mediocrity. Sure. Well, no, I mean, that's I mean, just to I, say how far they came. Like, they're, you know. I think they're a strong linebacker group. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say well, the front, on, on paper like, and potential. Yeah, no, I just mean like league wide. Like, oh, we're sure. basing it off of years past Eagles linebacker. Investing like, yes, zero. This is a good group. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Maybe I'm getting over overexcited. And then. Um, in the secondary, you uh, signed James Bradbury, so you got Slay and Bradbury, Avante Maddox, who's been a really good slot uh, corner for them. Uh, the depth is a little concerning. Um, if one of those guys go down, you're talking like Zach McPherson, Tay Gowan, Josiah Scott. Um, they they have a few other, uh, you know, really deep depth guys like Kerry Vincent saw the field a bit um so you know you're you're kind of top heavy in the secondary as far as corner goes and then as far as safety goes you you really have like a uh sort of i don't want to say like bad news bears but like uh just a hodgepodge of like okay guys uh, anthony harris is aging obviously but he's probably your uh top safety now with marcus epps who's a young ascendant type guy people like um, they they signed Jaquiski. Am I saying that right? I think so. Jaquiski Tart, um, and then obviously Kayvon Wallace, who uh, has yet to sort of take that leap forward. Um, and then uh, 
the the classic uh, special team backup guys, uh, Andre Sachere, Reed Blankenship, uh, those those safeties too, um, and then you know the usual Jake Elliott, Aaron Sipas, and Rick Lovato um, special teams. You ha- you have to think Britton Covey and Devin Allen are gonna make a run for a returner, whether it's kick or punt. Um, yeah, Boston Scott has done it. Jalen Rager, who's done it, not well, but who has done it. So, um, I know, yeah. like Covey's, that's like his niche, and like that's obviously what he'll be competing for primarily. I don't know what is is Dev. I, I know Devin Allen's the Olympic hurdler, but is he? Does he even have a returning background? I know he was just uh, like he was a, a just a receiver at at Oregon. So um, I I mean he's gotten a lot of buzz and and you know has been brought up a bunch. So I I don't know if he has a shot at making the team at at receiver. I mean they're pretty they're pretty um that would be pretty far down the depth chart. They'd have to carry a lot of receivers. So I I would assume that he would need a special teams element to to make the team there so um you know whether it's one's kicks one's punts uh, i don't know but i I would think that they would both get some run in training camp and preseason so that that's something to definitely look at because we haven't had a really exciting return guy and you know since i don't know darren sproles probably yeah yeah i would also throw uh Huntley in the mix there. Yeah, Huntley. I'm hoping that they remove Greg Greg Ward from the mix and Jalen Rager. Like, yeah, I, I feel bad. Like Greg Ward, thank, thank you for uh, being Carson's top receiver <laughs> for that year. Yeah. But uh, always have. The, uh, I, I feel Washington like it, yeah touchdown. But um, no, thank you. This is what he gets for beating Temple. Uh, in that, yeah, um, in that sad game. So they are coming in without competition to Sipos. I think that'll probably change at some point. Um, even if they'll ultimately win the job, I think that's kind of like I want them to do their due diligence there because that really was a weak point as far as field position last season, along with the return game. Um, and I think I'm really interested to see what the um what we'll learn about the cornerback depth this um preseason so you know we haven't really seen much from mcpherson uh gallon we really didn't see much you know he was the zach Ertz trade uh we never saw anything really from josiah scott carrie vincent um a few of those undrafted cornerbacks from this year's draft like uh, josh job and Mario Goodrich, there's Mac McCain. It really is a a long list of unheard unheard of guys that we really don't know much about. And I think it, it's almost certain that all the starters this year following suit from last preseason when it comes time to the games, like the starters won't be on the field. So I, that's kind of one of those things. Like I want to see what that pecking order ends up coming yeah it's i mean when when you get this far down the depth chart uh 
whether you're actually interested or not, it does make preseason second halves a lot more interesting, especially the the game where the starters don't really play at all, which I, I think has shifted around now that they play three instead of four. But um, uh, yeah, I think I think it will be interesting to see uh, a lot of these depth because uh, you know they're they're kind of thin at in some of these groups. So um, that that's that's going to be something to watch and um and they, again practice starts uh wednesday uh, i'm not sure if well if there's something of note we'll be back sooner than later but um uh we'll we'll monitor how how camp starts and we'll start doing our 53 predictions and you know all the all the exciting uh stuff leading up to um preseason so uh do you have any final thoughts yeah give me uh, give me your three. I know you know camp starts on Wednesday, but give me your three preemptive camp crushes. It could be, you know, I I think it's more fun if you pick guys we don't know much about. But you know, I'm not gonna say who you can and can't. But well, I'm gonna say uh, uh, Britton Covey. I think it's gonna be exciting. Um, I don't know if this is a crush, but uh, and I predicted it earlier, but I think Jalen Rager is going to have a good camp. Uh, oh gosh, and... you're picking? No, that doesn't count. That's what do you mean it doesn't count? You're counting him. You're counting Jalen Rager as your camp crush. Well, I'm not going to be excited for him going into the season, but I think he's going to have a good camp. I guess that's okay. Let me rephrase this: Who are guys that like you? You will be intrigued to hear reports about, and like you're rooting for him. Not to say like you're rooting against Jalen uh, but like okay. guys you're pulling for, and like you know, even if they don't make it, like and they sneak on the practice squad, like you'll be a little bit more excited to see if they get elevated on a given week. Uh, okay, so Kalen Rager, oh my goodness. Well, I it, it was a prediction. I don't know. <laughs> um, right. you you have to define camp crush. I know I did. Hopefully okay, it okay. Helps. So okay, so um, I I think. Uh, yeah, nailed it with Covey. Just go down that. Okay, Covey. <laughs> okay, Covey. Uh, I think um, Grant Calcaterra is gonna be in the mix there okay. um, as a pass catching guy. He has a good story as a, a guy who quit or, or left football. Was a firefighter, I believe, for a while. Similar to a bunch of Phillies pitchers, I feel like, um, nice. and uh, and came back and he had a lot of concussion issues. So you know he. He decided he wasn't done with football yet. So I, I think that that's a cool story and something to watch um, him or Tyree Jackson. I, I would hope that uh, take, take a step forward and sort of uh, are, are, are platooned in there with Jack Stoll, Jack Stoll, more uh, blocker type maybe and Tyree Jackson and Grant uh, Calcaterra's more uh, pass catchers. And um Give me uh, uh, Zach Zach McPherson. Uh, wow! I I, I oh, you hated him already. <laughs> I don't I don't hate him. I'm just low on him, and uh, be, and I I think that he's still young enough to be exciting. Where Kayvon Wallace, I feel like this is his last last hurrah before he's kind of just is what he is. I think Zach McPherson has potential to take the step forward. Nice, cool. I, I think those are that's a fun mix. Um, Give me Carson Strong. All right, love, all right. Love a quarterback named Carson. Um, and again, I, I think a lot of this will be like 
I'm looking for a guy to spice up those preseason games. But, you know, it, it is Minshew's last year, at least under his contract. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll resign with the Eagles when it comes time to next season. So I think like if Carson Strong puts together um, a good enough preseason, they, the Eagles did indicate that they like him and they, they value him. He, he got a big pile of money as an undrafted free agent. So I do think he could kind of segue a good preseason into uh, next year's backup. And like, you know, who, who doesn't love a backup quarterback? So a mix of, you know, making those games more entertaining and like, I think, you know, you know, barring knees, which is a big caveat, like he, he could be a sneaky guy who could be with the team for uh, a few seasons pending health. And he has a good arm. So um, I, I think he's a, an interesting guy to watch. Um, I'll, I'll pick the other um, white wide receiver. I'll go with Devin Allen. He does have a lot of buzz from the Olympics. Uh, very quick. I don't really know where he would end up on this roster considering the wide receiver crunch. I don't really know if he has much of a return background, even though he is very quick and can jump. So maybe he can turn that into something. Um, but you know, at the worst at worst case, like it would be nice to have an have an Olympian they could elevate on game day. Um, let's see. I do like this cornerback group. So let me pick like of the eight guys. <laughs> Um, give me Tay Gallon. The all right. The aftermath of the Earth's trade. He is a big outside uh, cornerback, and they uh, they certainly need the depth there. So, give me Tay Gallon. All right, the cornerback watch. Right. That's uh. That's where we're the. That's where we're heading. The cornerback watch. I don't know. I feel like that's like a fan club or something a segment i don't know um all right well we'll be back um when there's stuff to talk about from training camp and uh for now for mike i'm in and thanks for listening